Hey hockey fans, I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of like, <laughs> you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. You get a phone call. He's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. I started playing the like, dun, 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 and I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he should have checked over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I looked down at my favorite Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. Well, we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. LA Kings fans, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 144 of season two of the Kingston, as always presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Jordy Cunningham. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode, episode 144 of the Kingston. We got a good one here for you, folks, as we welcome Russell Morgan back to the podcast. I believe it was his third or fourth time being on. We discussed it at the start of the interview. It's third or fourth time being on. He's a writer for Hockey Royalty, podcast for Hockey Royalty, talking all about the LA Kings. He was at the Kings prospect camp this weekend in Arizona. So we talked about all about the prospect camp and expectations for the LA Kings this season as training camp starts. It's super exciting. Training camp is this week. Yes, this week week. I know you're excited for it. All hockey fans are because training camp starts for everyone this week and seeing the young turn young uh young stars tournament got everyone excited as hockey is right around the corner and it was no better time to have Russell on to discuss what we expect from the Kings this season and to hear about what the young guys did at the Young Stars tournament. So without further ado, here's Russell Morgan of Rank Royalty. And now we welcome back to the Kings Den once again. I think it's his third or fourth appearance, something like that. Russell Morgan. Russell, how's it going today, buddy? What's going on, Jordy? Good to be back. Yeah, I think it's uh, the third time I've been on your show now. Yeah, I believe so. And I'm pumped to have you on again because you got to be at the Kings Prospect Camp over the last few days. So 
just mm-hmm. and of course training camps just around the corner but it's always prospect camp first you got to be there in person you got to watch some of the exhibition games you got to watch some of the kids go at it so let's just hear your takeaways from the event yeah all in all it was a, a fun weekend in arizona um just good to see hockey kind of live again uh, hadn't hadn't seen that in quite some time so um we all know the king's prospects pool and how, how good it is so uh they went into the weekend with um some good odds in terms of faring pretty well. And they, they did. So, I mean, finishing two and one overall uh, Friday or Friday's game uh, with the four Oh win over the Colorado avalanche. They, they looked great. I mean, the top line of um, I believe it was uh, Byfield, uh, Kaliev and Chromiak. Uh, they all looked great. Um, I think they assisted. So they had combined for six points on that game. So that was a good showing. Uh, the Sunday game was a little bit more sloppy. Uh, two to one win in the shootout over the Coyotes and at the Gila River Arena. Um, Alex Turcott had a pretty good game, uh, scored a goal, and then Tyler Madden had just a ridiculous uh, shootout move uh, to the backhand. So that was that was that was a good uh, victory, I guess. Um, if that's what Coach Coach Robuski was just looking for, progress being made and progress being shown, and they showed that during the, that game. And then it was a little tough uh, on Monday when they had to go from a 6:30 p.m. night game this, the night before all the way to you wake up and play a game at 11 a.m. the next morning. So it was a little tough, but they, they showed pretty well. I mean, with a 3-2 loss, I mean, it was it was a pretty good showing by them. And, uh, yeah, a lot of good takes, a lot of a lot of good progress for the LA Kings uh, rookies. Yeah, that's that's a tough schedule no matter who you are, playing 6.30 and then 11 a.m. the next day. That is tough. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, before I get to kind of who stood out, didn't I read, did Byfield get hurt somewhere along the line? Is he okay? Yeah, so on Monday, he left the game, uh, I believe it was late in the first period or early second period, I can't remember, but we were kind of just watching the game, and all of a sudden, you don't really notice him on the bench, and mm-hmm. they, they had, the Kings PR had said that it was an upper body injury, and he was considered day-to-day. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I didn't really see anything in terms of like a him getting hit hard or anything like that, so I I'm just, this is all guessing and speculation. I just think it was just more precautionary than anything. I mean, you have main camp coming up on Thursday where I'm sure the Kings management would rather have him healthy than that playing as opposed to playing a full game at 11 a.m. when they just played a game the night prior. So I think it was just more precautionary than anything. Yeah, for sure. And now over, I like, I totally agree. He has to be healthy for training camp, which starts in a few days. I and mean, we'll get to that in a second, but I just want to continue to to keep the talk going of the young stars for the second, because I just want to ask who really stood out to you, who stood out and who kind of disappointed over the last few days. Uh, As far as who stood out, I had my, uh, my all tournament team for the Kings Um, left wing was Martin Kromiak. I thought he had a really good camp, uh, four points in three games. Uh, He's, he's really known as an offensive type forward and he's got a lot of speed and he's got a great shot. So uh, look for him to excel coming up on the OHL with Kingston. He'll be playing alongside Shane Wright, who's the 2022 top overall pick or prospect. So expect him to put up a lot of points. Uh, Alex Turcott had a great weekend. He was he was healthy for once, which is good for him, who's gone through a lot of injuries, especially with the appendectomy surgery that he just had to have. He had a pretty good weekend. And uh, to me, I think he's probably the most NHL-ready prospect out, out from what I saw. Um, during the weekend he was in tenacious on pucks even coach Robleski even talked about his tenacity that he showed throughout the weekend so that that was good and then Aiden Dudas I mean this kid's just all over the puck he's a he's a buzzsaw 
And that, that was the exact word that Coach Robleski used when describing him. And I, I asked him about um, Dudas's game because on, uh, I believe it was Sunday night's game, he took a pretty nasty hit um, early on in the game and it kind of woke him up, but he was still involved throughout, noticeable throughout the weekend. Uh, Jordan Spence was another defenseman player that had a really good weekend. Um, he's primarily, a, he's a right shot defenseman, but they had him play on the left side, which was really interesting because, I mean, if you look at the Kings' uh, right side depth chart uh, from the prospect pool, I mean, there's a lot to like. I mean, you have Brant Clark, Brock Faber, um, Sean Dersey. So there's going to have to be some defensemen moving to the left side, and Jordan Spence might be that defenseman. So he had a good weekend. And then Sean Dersey, um, the Friday game, he just looked incredible. I mean, he was, he was wearing the C, and he was just all over the ice. I mean, defensively, offensively, strong on pucks. Uh, skating away from defenders, first pass up. It, it was it was good to see him. And if if I had to give an MVP for uh, the Kings uh, player for the weekend, and probably I'd probably give it to Sean Jersey because I thought he had a great great weekend. As opposed to players who I think disappointed. I mean, it's kind of hard to say who disappointed because I mean you're not really looking for. I mean, I guess you're kind of just looking for development. Really, you just want the management is just looking to see how the prospects are doing. And I, I had a piece go out today about the takeaways from the weekend and. It's, I want to be real careful when I say this, but I just wanted to see a little bit more from Quentin Byfield. That's all. I mean, it's just there's talk of him trying to push for an NHL roster, and it, I get that. And for me, I'm a little bit more pessimistic to that idea. I think he could use another year with Ontario. I mean, you're still talking about a 19-year-old who was thrust into professional games just last season due to COVID. So, I mean, another year in the AHL wouldn't hurt his development. I mean, I think you're – you're going to hurt his development more if you kind of thrust him in the NHL roster more than you would just leaving him back. So, so when I'm talking about like him being disappointed, I just wanted to see a little bit more. I was hoping he, I'd kind of, kind of see him almost dominate. I mean, he was good. He was good. But I mean, we're talking about a second overall pick and playing a, among prospects of his age. I was just hoping to see more, but all in all, good showing. Uh, that, that's fair. And that's awesome insight. It's so nice that you got to be there and we get to hear about it. Now, and you you said Sean Dursey had a great he wore he had a great uh, like weekend and he wore the C. So then I see didn't Samuel Fajimo wear the C for a game as well? Yeah, so they switched off um, players each um, game. I don't believe there was a captain uh, assigned on Sunday night game uh, mm-hmm. from what I can remember. On um, but uh, Rasmus Kapari actually wore the C for the Monday game. They. Uh, he and Samuel Fagamo um, sat out for the Sunday night game. Okay. So on Monday, they actually came back and they had uh, Kapari wearing the C and Fagamo wearing the A. If, oh, I, okay. uh, if, I had this, if I had a second all-tournament team, those two players would be on it. Because, I mean, when they came back, I mean, obviously they were well-rested from the night before, but they looked great. I mean, Samuel Fagamo was all over the ice. I mean, he was in on pucks. And when those two get together and get that chemistry going, it's, it's really evident and goals will happen. So. That's a pairing I wouldn't mind seeing in the NHL sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's it's so nice being so excited about a prospect group like this. Of course, the best in hockey by far. And like those are guys that I'm really looking forward to is Fajmo and Kupari. I'm looking forward to everyone, but those are two yeah. that have like really stuck out in my mind as well. Because mm-hmm. it's like, we know how good Turcot is, but it's kind of been tough with all the injuries and such. And Tyler Madden, same, has had the injuries. So the guys like Kupari and Fadjimar, guys that we've kind of seen like a lot the last few years, despite COVID and everything, the kind of the names that you hear the most of about because of injuries to guys like Turcotte and Madden 
and such. Yeah, yeah. I'm really high on Samuel Pagamo. I think he he just has that like natural goal scoring ability. I mean, I've been comparing him to Tyler Toffoli when I see him play. I mean, Toffoli wasn't really high. He wasn't he didn't really have a lot of speed. He doesn't have a wicked shot, but I mean he just is able to put the puck in the net, and that's exactly what Samuel Pagamo can do. And was it I'm gonna pronounce this wrong. Was it I don't even Valet, how do you pronounce the goalie's name again? I don't remember. But oh, how Matt Valata. Matt Valata. Yeah. Valata? I, yeah, was, yeah so I almost said they, I was almost said Valateri. I'm like, I don't think that's right. <laughs> yeah, so they had a, a rotation. Uh, Valata played uh, Friday. Uh, I believe it was Ingham. He played on Sunday, and uh, Lucas Perry played on Monday. Um, actually, it was all in all, like, if you really put it all together, it was a great weekend from the goalies. I mean, Valata had the 4-0 shutout win. Uh, on Friday, which he, I mean, it was a four nothing win, but he's, he made some really good saves and he was pretty solid throughout the game. Um, so I had him on my tournament team, but the other two goalies played good as well. I mean, Jacob Ingham, he made an incredible post to post blocker save to, in overtime um, to keep it a tie game on, on Sunday. And, and, he, and the bench just all stood up and cheered for that. And he made a couple more saves throughout the game. He, he looked pretty good. And Lucas Preek looked good too. I mean, you when you're defending a team that had played the night before, I mean, you're gonna have a lot of tired defenders in front of you. But he's he played pretty good even despite the loss. So, um, Coach Robleski was pretty pretty pleased with the goaltending efforts throughout the weekend. The the future is bright for the Kings, isn't it? Oh yeah, no, it definitely is. So uh, we'll now, see if that future comes to fruition uh, sooner. Otherwise. Yeah, for sure. Now I gotta ask: after you seeing them in person for this first weekend, who is the you said? Okay, I'll just ask it. Who is the most NHL ready or who do you think will be on the team maybe out of training camp or will get the biggest look this season at the big league level? Yeah, I, I mentioned it earlier. I think Alex Turcotte looks probably the most NHL ready um, this weekend. I mean, he, like I mentioned earlier, he was just tenacious or tenacious all weekend. I mean, his tenacity was great. He was aggressive offensively. His forecheck looked great. His decision-making was fast. Um, so, I mean... If you're looking for a player that's going to compete compete for maybe a fourth-line center role, I mean, you have the likes of Blake Lozat there. You have uh, Leah Sanderson who might compete, Jared Anderson-Dolan. I mean, you got to throw Alex Frickoff's name in there because, sure. I mean, he's when you're a fifth overall pick a couple of years ago, I think when you look at the players that are selected around him, Cole Caulfield had a, had a great Stanley Cup playoff with Montreal. Trevor Zegras is a budding superstar in the making. I mean, you have some players that are making an impact already, so I think kind of Kings fans are kind of waiting to see – what Alex Turcott could bring. So I think that's a player we might see on a Kings roster. Um, another one, Arthur Kaliev. I was just going to bring him up. I was yeah. Yeah. Him. I mean, he, he, he had a good, he had a good weekend as well. I mean, um, if it wasn't for the amount of goals that Chromiak or, or the play that Judas had, I'd probably put him on that uh, tournament team as well. But if the Kings maybe have an injury to the top six, I mean, I think Arthur Kaliev is getting a call. Cause if you're looking for just a goal scoring point of view, that's, pretty much probably the best goal scorer that the Kings have in their prospect pipeline. So wouldn't, wouldn't mind seeing him in the Kings uniform sooner. Yeah. And it was so nice seeing a couple of these guys get that, get like a game last year. Like a lot of guys got one game by field cut. I think it was six games. Mm-hmm. And it's so exciting to see like, okay, they got that kind of out of the way for lack of a better term. And now it's kind of go time for them this season when they get their chance. And I think that's a good strategy that the Kings personnel did for these young guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Rasmus Kapari's name because, I mean, that's another player. I mean, he's 
drafted in first round 2017. So, I mean, we're, we're looking at some time. There's 17 or 18. I can't yeah. remember, but I mean, he's putting the time. And if it wasn't for, for that sure. big injury that he suffered at the world juniors a couple of years ago, I think we'd probably see him in the Kings lineup a, a lot, lot sooner than we have. So he's put in the time and I wouldn't mind seeing maybe he's starting off of a, of a third line center role. So we'll see. Starting off at the third line center role, like making yeah. the team. Yeah. Yeah. I think first. Yeah. You saw him play six games with the Kings. I think that was kind of management staff saying yeah, we're ready to see what you can bring. And he, he has a lot of speed and that's one player. I think, I mean, we know the, the center depth that the Kings have, um, that's one player I could see be, being made move or move to the left side, maybe right side of the um, on the wing, maybe use that speed that he has and make some plays. But he, he's he's got the potential to be a good uh, NHL player. So Rasmus Kapari, your opening night, third line center. Got it. I think. Book it. <laughs> Book it. Go to Vegas. Pencil it in. Week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week three game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, or Indiana. Only new customers, only a minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required one per customer restrictions apply. See draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details. I like and now, well, that's rookie camp. And now this week, like probably as people are listening to this training camp is starting. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Kings hockey's finally back. What are your expectations to kind of see in the start of training camp? Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of battles, really. I mean, yeah. you look at up and down the lineup. I mean, first line, we have no idea. Second line, really no idea. I mean, we can kind of just pencil in players to play with Kopitar and Deneau. But, mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, you really don't know. I mean, is Ayafalo going to be the left wing one? Is Adrian Kempe going to go back to that position? Who's going to play with him? Who's going to play with Kopitar on the right side? Is it going to be Arvidsson? Is it going to be uh, Dustin right. Brown again? Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of, lots of like the Vladimir Kachev. That's a real big, yeah, you're high on that him. A lot. Oh, let, I am. Let, let's I really... hear about him quickly. Cause I haven't got, to, I've only done a little bit of research into him, but I know you love this guy. So let, what do you got on him? Yeah. Vladimir Kachev. I mean, there's a lot to like, um, from, I, I see, um, I don't want, I mean, I, I'm really careful when I say this, but I see the comparison to Kirill Kaprizov when I watch this kid play. I mean, He's, I don't, when I say kid, he's 25 years old. So he's technically still eligible to win the caller this year. And I tweeted it out a couple months ago that, I mean, I think he's the most, I guess, if you're looking at from a King standpoint, he's probably the, the best, uh, or the, I would say the best person who can win it for the King standpoint. I don't think Quentin Byfield is going to have a chance. I don't think he's going to be playing a full um, NHL year um, or Kalia, but I think uh, Kachev can have the opportunity because He's got the experience. He's been playing in pro in the KHL for a couple of years now, and he's been putting up points for them. So 
coming over from St. Petersburg, he's, he's looked really good. And unfortunately, I guess he had some uh, problems with the coaching staff over there. I'm, I'm not too sure exactly what was going on. I think they kind of got wind that he was going to leave the team and they kind of just like held him off and didn't really want to play him anymore. But other than that, he's, he's got the skill. I mean, he's really good on his edges. He's offensively talented. He's a, a right wing, left wing or right shot, left wing. So who knows? Maybe we see him playing on the left side of the first or second line um, soon. But I think we can probably – I think I'll pencil him, him in on the left uh, left side of the third or fourth line coming out of camp. Okay, okay. And, then, well, I guess you brought him up, so I guess we have to kind of say shout-out Caprizov, this big extension in Minnesota. Yeah. They got it done. Yeah, yeah. I think – I mean, they were going to pay him as much money as he needed. I think it was kind of just a stale for a little bit, but – he was going to get resigned. There's no way there. Bill Barron was going to let him walk. Absolutely, I totally agree. Uh, I got to say, to me, the kind of wild card in the whole Kings lineup as training camp starts is Double A, Andres Athanasiu. Where I don't really know where he fits now on this team. Like I told, I said when they signed him, like it's a he's a perfect stopgap player, a guy that comes for a season mm-hmm. during a rebuild and does it and then they re-sign him and now I kind of look at it and I don't really know where he fits in yeah it, when they re-signed him too that kind of caught me off guard also um because I mean we all know that the depth the Kings have in the bottom six and with the amount of prospects they have the seeing AA be brought back in was was kind of surprising to me I mean I and mean, he wasn't brought back in for just uh one 1.5 million dollars yeah, 2.7 so yeah, that's a pretty hefty uh, contract sure. to give to a uh, depth defense or def- depth forward. But I mean, he's a former he, wait, score, former thirty goal scorer, so he he knows how to put the puck in the net. Mm. Um, who knows if, if the Kings need that depth scoring? I think he was kind of elevated into a role that he probably shouldn't have been in uh, last season. He was played a lot on the second line with uh, Velarde and Jeff Carter last year. If maybe you can bring him down to a third or fourth line role, then who knows? You get some depth scoring that, that the Kings desperate, desperately needed. So I'm sorry. I think I'll, I would pencil him in on the third line, maybe on the that, right side. Um, that's where I think I have him as well, because like, mm-hmm. I just don't think with like, I know like Brown's getting older. You could say maybe he doesn't deserve to be in the top six anymore just because of his age. And like, he's getting slower, but I don't think double A is playing in the top six this season. I think he might get power play time, but I don't think he'll, he's playing in the top six this season yeah. with kind of the emergence of talent finally coming from the young guys. Yeah, I agree. And I think it, it all depends really on where they want to play Vlardy. And I have mentioned Rasmus Kapari as well in the third line center role. So who knows, maybe if they have Vlardy moves to the right side, even move AA down even further. Cause I mean, with his speed, that's something that you can use his four checking ability um, to really create some chances and generate some offense on the fourth line or third line role. So uh, that is a that is good X factor to, to watch in camp, but I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of X factors in camp. So there's a, a ton of X factors. Yeah. Is is Double A the biggest X factor, or is it the some? Is it to do with the prospects? Because Byfield might not be ready, Kupari might be ready. Who's the biggest? Is it uh, the uh, I'm gonna pronounce it wrong again. The player you just mentioned, like, is it who's the biggest X factor coming into training camp? I think Kachev could be the biggest X factor, yeah, but I mean, yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot of question marks. I mean, if you're looking at like, what are the biggest question marks, the prospect pool, who, which prospects make the jump? Is mm-hmm. a Quinn Byfield ready? Is Kapari going to make the jump? Is Alex Turcott ready? So 
I think there's a question mark there. Vladimir Kachev, like I mentioned. But I think you got to look also at the left side of the defense. I mean, there's some question marks there. You have Kale Clegg, Christian Wolainen. And then yeah. with the signing of Alex Edler, where does that put Olimata? I mean, so there's a, uh, there's a lot of question marks. So uh, yeah. I, won- I wonder if Rob Blake tried to move Olimata or even looked at buying him out. Because once you signed Edler, I kind of thought, well, Mata, I kind of gave up on a little bit last year to, for again, lack of a better term. But I didn't mind like bringing in Edler. It's going to be really weird seeing him in gold and, or sorry, in black and silver. We've seen a photo of it already. It's weird. Yeah. But yeah. like, you still have like three and a quarter and Ole Mata. And I just like, I don't get, like, I wonder if they tried to move it and it didn't work. Yeah. It's, it's kind of unfortunate. Cause when you, you have, when you look at the left side, especially last season, I mean, you have the rookies, Mikey Anderson, Tobias Bjorn, but they're going to command of a lot of attention in terms of watching them develop and their game. So then you have Ole Mata in there. Who's really just kind of a filler at this point. It's kind of like, okay, well, yeah. It seems like Kings fans don't even really care about him, which which is unfortunate because he's still a really good player. I mean, he's not the top line defensive player that they had him out to start with playing with Drew Doughty last season. But yeah. I mean, in some in in some games, he was he was played pretty well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as moving him, I, I could definitely see that happening. I mean, I think one thing we should watch um, coming into training camp is what they do with Tobias Bjornfoot because he's he's still waiver exempt so when you're looking at players that might have to make the jump to the nhl like kale clegg or christian willanen they would require waivers whether they move back down tobias Bjornfoot doesn't need waivers so i know he played a full season with i mean when i say full season it's only 56 games i mean he played with the kings last season but who knows maybe they decided to move him down just just kind of save a a player like losing late save a player from being lost on uh, waivers like they did maybe like remember what happened with Thomas Hickey when they just placed him on waivers and lost him for nothing so who knows we'll have, we'll have to watch that as well maybe head coach Tom McClellan will finally put some trust in Kale Clegg yeah we'll see it just yeah. seemed like he did not trust them last season for some reason when he's a good defenseman like mm-hmm. I was so shocked that Seattle didn't take him yeah, like, yeah, and I was like, "Thank God you took Curtis fucking McDermott." <laughs> that surprised and then somehow traded him to Colorado. That and was just, fourth round. That might have been the most it, yeah. shocking thing of the offseason. Yeah, that that definitely uh, surprised a lot of Kings fans. That's for sure. I mean, when you're looking at the players that were available, like Kale Clegg or Blake Lazard or Martin Furk, I mean, for them to take Curtis McDermott, I mean, they but they got value out of it. They got a fourth round pick, so mm-hmm. I guess yeah, they did for, for sure. Now. I, we're getting towards the end here. I just got a couple more questions. And I do have to ask this because we're kind of talked about what we're looking for in training camp, who's the X Factors are. I got to ask this super early, I know, but this is a super weak division this season. Do the Kings have a chance? If you had to put a percentage chance, what are the Kings' percentage chance of making the playoffs right now? Ooh, percentage point. Uh, like the division sucks. Yeah, it's it's not great. It's and not there's great. a lot of wild cards. I mean, you look, yeah, and you look at the teams that some, I mean, I guess some NHL writers have making the playoffs. I mean, I've seen people talk about how the Canucks are going to be back in it, how the Oilers are guaranteed to make playoffs. I mean, yeah, they have McDavid and Drysaddle, but if you look at their defensive groups, I mean, man, the I don't know idea what the Canucks are doing. I mean, the Flames, they're a big question mark. and uh, All of Oilers. Western Canada is just a huge... Yeah, they're, yeah. All, they're all wild cards. Yeah, yeah. And they, they looked great playing in the Canadian division last season. But now when you're going up against Vegas, again, Vegas for a full season, now you have um, 
who else who else is in the division i mean the kraken so who knows about seattle we yeah, don't know like that's seattle, a fourth wild card so. and then san jose and anaheim suck yeah exactly so i think really vegas is really the only big i mean i guess people kind of pen you can probably write them into the playoffs like for sure but i mean besides that there's a lot of question marks so if i had to put a percentage on it i would probably say maybe 65 70 percent i think there's wow, a really okay. good okay okay yeah, there's a really good chance for the kings i mean with the additions of uh Dino and arvidson mm-hmm. and then you have edler in there's a lot of veteran leadership that have, have produced i mean Dino was a is a perfect fit for what the kings need and arvidson we know the kings need scoring and if he could be healthy and go back to that 30 goal scorer that he once was then yeah, then they definitely have that impact players that they needed. So I think there's a good chance, good chance for them to make playoffs. Yeah, in in my mind, like Vegas, you can just put them like they win the division already, mm-hmm. and then you can put Anaheim and San Jose like they suck, and then <laughs> it's just like I think the Flames kind of suck as well. Like I really don't see Johnny Hockey having a, Johnny Goudreau having a comeback season, and like coleman's a nice signing but then you sign gabranson to help the defense as well like he's not good so like i really i really i'm kind of down on the flames but i have them in the kind of wild card mix of vancouver edmonton calgary seattle and la and in my mind like seattle is gonna i think vancouver will bounce back calgary i really don't know i think seattle is gonna be on boring because like they went so defensively sound like they're going to try to Mm. win two to one and then Mm. i think the oilers are going to kind of be like the the golden state warriors the season after uh they won the championships where they score they score a bunch of they score a bunch of goals but don't play defense like the oilers Mm -hmm. if they win a game it's going to be seven six like that's the way they're going to play so like Mm -hmm. i really just don't know what is going to happen in this division it's so interesting yeah, I think that's the Pacific Division is definitely probably the biggest question mark out of all the divisions in terms of trying to define or trying to find out who can make the playoffs. But like you mentioned, you probably have the Golden Knights as the clear cut division winner going into the regular season. But besides that, who knows at this I, point? So there's a, there's a opportunity for the Kings here to kind of surprise some people and make the make a push for a playoff spot. For sure. Absolutely. I think I would put it around 60% as well. 55, 60%. I'll go a little lower than you just because the season is such a wild card. You just mm-hmm. don't know. And also like the Kings made, made their signings, but are they, do they quite have that next step yet? The only, I think the it, what favors them is how crazy and weak the division is. But again, it, it'll be so interesting to see what happens. Yeah, for sure. So it's just exciting to have hockey back, but I think, I think for the Kings to be successful, they'll have to rely on the chemistry that Kopitar can build with, um, whether it be Arvidsson or, or see if maybe Kempe's in a contract here, so he'll have to have a big season. Um, and then the defensively, um, bring in Edler. He'll, he'll probably play top four minutes. I have penciled in with Matt Roy on the second pairing. And then if see if Mikey Anderson's ha- in his sophomore year, if he can have a, a good, uh, solid sophomore season. So. Um, and then with Cal Peterson in net, I mean, if he, if he's going to take the starter, I guess, starter role playing maybe like 60% of 65% of the game, um, let's see how he fares in, in the full-time, uh, starting, uh, role with the Kings. So yeah, exciting times for to be a Kings fans. That's for sure. I think the, the pro- or trajectory for Kings fans are, should be happy. So it's good. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be super exciting. Now, one more thing before I let you go. And during the weekend, 
at the young guys at the young uh, at the prospects event the or yesterday i guess as well that's still part of it the coyotes announced that they're bringing their old logo back as the full time and you said for what it's worth you've seen the kings kind of wearing the 90s chevron logo so are we gonna have some more kings throwbacks this season what what do you think I think there's a rumor that there's going to be another alternate jersey being played. I mean, when I'm just around the King staff and the players, you just see them wearing that 90 Chevron logo a lot, a lot more and more. So I wouldn't be surprised if that switch is made. I mean, a lot of fans are really partial to that, that logo. I mean, I am as well. I mean, I grew up a Kings fan watching that, watching them play with that logo with Gretzky, Thomas Sandstrom, I mean, Marty McSorley, they were all wearing that logo and that was, that was one of my favorite logos. And actually I thought that that um, jersey that they wore last season, I, I like that even better than I did the reverse retro jersey. Yeah. Um, it just, I mean, Quentin Byfield looked great in it. So, oh, yeah. I mean, with, with the new kind of transition that the Kings are in and this new team that is being formed, I think it kind of bode well for um, them to kind of rebrand, I guess you could say, maybe change uniforms permanently. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And with all that, Russell Morgan, thank you again for joining us here. What do you have? Like, where can we find you? What do you have going on? Let the fans know. Yeah, I think the last time we talked, I was probably still at Rink Royalty. But now, yeah, yeah we uh, we switched over to uh, we did our own thing. We have HockeyRoyalty.com now. So that's where we're at. It's all the same guys. Um, we have a great group of writers. We're adding more and more. And a lot, of, a lot of good stuff going on. But you can find me on Twitter at NHL Russell and then find us at hockey underscore royalty. So, and, yeah, a lot of good stuff. Excited for, for hockey to be back. And same podcast going on as well, right? Yeah, Hockey Royalty Podcast. That's right, yeah. Awesome. I love it. Russell, thank you for joining us, and I can't wait to do this again. Yeah, thanks, Freddie. Thank you. That was another great conversation with Russell Morgan, writer and podcaster for rink uh, sorry hockey royalty go give him a follow check out his work he does awesome amazing work and with all that being said that is it here for episode 40 144 of the king's end as always don't forget to like rate subscribe and review to not only the king's end but to every other podcast around the hockey podcast network because everyone is so excited for hockey to be starting up again national hockey league to be starting up again everyone is so excited and also don't forget to follow us on twitter at the kingston thpn or of course follow me on twitter at cunningham jordy also don't forget to follow the hockey podcast network because of course we are presented by the hockey podcast network don't forget to follow them on twitter and instagram at hockey Podnet, or just just search the hockey podcast network up on facebook up on youtube wherever you want to find them they we're there so go check it out on any social media just search the hockey podcast network and with all that being said that is it for episode 144 we will talk to you next episode for episode 145 i hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you next time here on the case